The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert built portfolios of low cost exchange traded funds. You know, I love those exchange traded funds. There's automated investing technology. And as part of that automated rebalancing, many of you have been asking about rebalancing and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own with Betterment. Easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, September 9th. You know, Mark, the good thing about the fall time frame is that you get a lot of little holidays woven in like, you know, Labor Day is a four day work week. And then we will have more, you know, sort of light work weeks. And you know what I popped on Mark? So we just like chatted last week when we were both back and we're catching up like we do. And I said, oh, by the way, I have another vacation booked. (laughs) You like how I sprung that on you? Yeah. The wheels have already started spinning. I'm already making plans. I know that. That's why I love you because you make those plans. Uh, I got a boondoggle trip put into my lap. And so why say no? This is the other thing that I realized about vacations and now being able to go. I love to travel. I really do. Even more so than, you know, it's great to be out at the beach and hang out, but like everyone knows you're there. So they kind of bug you a little bit. They didn't do it too much while I was away. But when you're really out and away, it's great. Look, Mark, you came up with this great concept that we're going to be introducing about new ways to connect with our community. So it just means like freeing up space and giving you time to contemplate what could be happening next, right? Absolutely. All right. If you've got a financial question, if you're sort of in that back to school mode with your kids, if you want to know more about the Biden student loan forgiveness program and what you need to figure with that and kind of come come through that process. If you've got a life insurance question, by the way, September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. I just happened to figure that out because I needed to do a TV segment on it. Uh, If you've got any of those kinds of questions, give us a holler. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Of course, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air, but we have a lot of emails to clean up. 
So let us start with Michael, who wants to know about how Roth conversions impact Medicare. Okay, here's a question. Michael says, my wife and I have been converting some of our IRAs, their traditional IRAs, to Roths over the past three years. And we are considering converting some more again this year. We only convert an amount so that we stay within the 24% tax bracket. This is the bracket we're in without the conversion. We have combined about $700,000 in IRAs, half a million dollars in Roth. I also have a traditional 457 plan with $800,000 in it. Okay. My wife is 65 and already retired. He's going to retire next year when he's 66. We are both covered by work health insurance now, but we'll start Medicare next year. How do the past IRA conversions affect Medicare costs? Oh, that's a good question. So the past ones won't, but the future will because, all right, now everyone hold on to your hats because I, whenever I talk about this, I think people's eyes glaze over. But just to be clear, Medicare is this great benefit. It's health insurance for retired people. But if you have an income that's above a certain amount, you have to pay what is called a surcharge, an IRMA, an income-related monthly adjustment amount or IRMA surcharge. So the more you make, the higher the cost of Medicare. So let me give you an example. He says they're in the 24% tax bracket, okay? So let's just pretend that all together with their conversions, they have $200,000 of income, okay? That keeps you in the 24% tax bracket, but when it comes to Medicare, once you have more than $200,000, you are paying a surcharge. And that surcharge can be, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month, okay? The more money you make, the higher the surcharge. So the highest surcharge is if you have income above, say, uh, $750,000, the most you'll pay in that surcharge is just about 500 bucks a month extra. So the past conversions don't matter, but current conversions would add to your taxable income. But in terms of your pers- your tax bracket, since you're not working, it may not matter because your income will be lower and that will allow you the room to be able to do this. So I think that you, I would continue to convert he says, I don't plan to take social security until 70 or 72. Take it at 70, my friend, because that's the most you're going to get. Jerry Lynn writes, good morning. My husband is thinking about retirement at the end of the year. However, we're, we are looking at making a big purchase. And my question to you is, should he retire or wait another year? Okay. Let's find out what this big purchase is. Let me think about this. No debt. They've got a house, cars, boats, RV, all paid for. He has retired Navy after 30 years. His retirement is $6,000 a month after taxes. Mm. Okay, so $6,000 a month covers our monthly expenses. He currently makes about $111,000 with his current job. We max out his 401k and we basically save his take-home pay. Wow. Okay, fourteen grand in savings, hundred fifty grand in a thrift savings plan from the Navy. 401k previous job, two fifty dollars CDs. 75 grand, money market, 85 grand, IRA, 165, looks like a little fun account of 25,000, some mutual funds, almost 40,000. Okay, you ready for the big purchase? It's a motor home. Here's what they would do. We would trade in our current one. We'd have to finance $200,000. 
Okay. Well, they're young. He's 57 and she's 56. She's going to take retirement at 62. He will wait. Does that, when you say retirement, does she mean social security? If you mean social security, don't take it at 62. Why do we have to finance this? Let me just see how much cash you have. It's not going to be, I mean, what is the cost of financing it? That's number one. It's not a terrible idea, but $200,000 is a big debt. So the six grand a month from his retirement is fantastic. I mean, that covers your expenses. So they have like 600 grand, right? Here's a couple of things to consider. Number one, if you sold your stocks in your Putnam mutual funds, that might help eat in. Maybe I would rather finance like 150. So that would be one thing to kind of consider. Should he keep working? Yeah. I mean, if he if he doesn't hate it, it's a kind of a nice way to build up a little bit of your, your cash and your non-retirement savings. That would be good. He also recently changed jobs. Should we take his 401k and roll it into his TSP? Yes, absolutely. Mark, what do you think about a $200,000 note on their huge motor home, which is basically, you know, their floating home essentially? Yeah, I mean, obviously not something I would do, but they they can afford it because his pension covers everything. I mean, they're 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 saving after they max out his 401k, they're saving everything else. So they have the they have the cash flow. I think they can do it. I I want to know how much money it costs to finance that. Like is that a car loan or is it more like a home loan? You know what I mean? Like I can't quite figure it out. But either way, if it's a 5 or 6% note, okay, fine. I don't know if I would retire at 56. I'd keep working if it if he doesn't like hate it, but it doesn't sound like he does. Clean up that other stuff, consolidate as much as he can. And uh, yeah, get you know, if, if it's a $150,000 note, I'd like it better than a $200,000 loan. All right. Um, Nancy writes, my husband recently retired. He's got a qualified annuity through a union. Okay. Meaning that that's part of their retirement plan. Okay. And it's a retirement plan that is probably labeled as like a 401k, a 403b. Okay. My question, do we uh, roll the money into the IRA or do we pay taxes now and take a monthly distribution from the annuity? Uh, I'd roll it into the IRA. How about that? That's what I would do. Just roll it, consolidate it, and then give us a holler back. I want to know more about what's happening. Um, Like, how's the retirement look? Okay. This is from Jimmy. Hi, Jill and Mark. I'd like your thoughts on a strategy for college savings. I started at 529 for my one-year-old. We're in California, no state tax benefit for contributions. Okay. I also max out my traditional 401k contributions as well as a Roth IRA and an HSA. There's a lot of saving going on here from Jimmy. My employer offers a Roth option in the 401k and an automatic in-plan conversion for any after-tax non-deductible contributions. That's sweet. That's going to end up going away, I bet. But anyway, so yes, I would, I'm thinking I could increase my contributions above the deductible allowance, have the balance converted automatically into Roth. I could withdraw from my Roth for my kids' college expenses, 47 this year. So by the time college age rolls around, I'll be older than 59 and a half. Okay, that's great. The biggest difference I see going this route is the funds are not tied to education compared to a 529. True enough. I then do not have to worry about being taxed on any unused 529 plans. I also believe 401k Roth assets don't affect financial aid eligibility. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. All of this is doable. This is not unnecessarily complicating things. You're not missing a thing. This is a great plan, Jimmy. Except for the fact this option will 
probably very shortly be going away. But as it stands and as we have like, you know, where law is right now, this is a great option. Don't close out the 529 plan. Just don't contribute to it. Also, like if there are grandparents who want to contribute to it, it's nice. You can just pop that in there, right? But I think that this is a good plan. Just understand that it may go away in the whole SECURE Act, which God willing, somewhere along the line, it's going to pass and this next version of it. But the next iteration is probably going to start closing some of these loopholes. Remember like the whole stretch IRA that got that that kind of was like a great benefit and then we went did away with it. I think that that could be the similar kind of path for some of these mega Roth 401k plans. So especially if it seems to be benefiting wealthier people more than anyone else, it's going to be on the chopping block potentially. But while it's still here, I like the plan. Michelle's subject is investing. Here's the message. We retire in about a year and a half. We've gone with a local company, a Missouri area investment advisor. How often should we be checking in with him or her? Because I didn't say a him or her. I'm thinking once a month with all the changes in the market, am I beginning to stress out about whether to continue this process? Okay. Michelle, not once a month. I mean, in the beginning, it's true. It's very stressful. But most of the advisors that I know don't like doing months a month because it's just like almost too dependent on markets. But what you could think about is quarterly, like a quarterly Zoom. Like, let's do that. Or let's do a quarterly phone call. Remember the phone? But more than that feels a little bit over the top. But what I do think is important is if anything in your life has changed, then you should be in touch with these folks. You really should. And make sure that you get a meeting on the books. If that's the case, then you know they'll manage it. But I think you're in great shape in a quarterly meeting. And you know the ups and downs of the market should not derail you from whatever your overall game plan is. That's the most important thing. So thank you for writing. And thank everyone for listening. And it is Friday, so I'll do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman, now the Parisian-based Joel Goodman, Mark. I just want to point that out to you. Mark Talercio is the executive producer. Do you want a new title, Mark, of the Jill and Money Empire? No, that's executive producer is fine. What would a what would a new title possibly be? Chief operating officer. Nah. All right. I just tried. I just tried it on for size because you know Jackie's like he does so much more than be your executive producer, which is true. I hope he he ends up his ends his career with whatever CEO of the uh, Jill on Market of TPR Productions. We are distributed by Cadence Thirteen. We are here because of you, and we are so grateful. So couple of things that you can do to to get more of the stuff that we produce, subscribe to our newsletter. It is free. Do that on the jillonmoney.com website. You can also sign up for a, ready, pre-order the new copy of the book. That's the exciting thing to do. That's our newest thing that's on the website. So you can check it out. The Great Money Reset is available for pre-orders. And Mark, I don't know if I told you this, but the whole pre-order thing, it's a game. The reason why we want pre-orders, I like to come through the front door with you guys. So here's why. We want pre-orders because all those pre-orders are booked as sales in the first week of publication date, which is, I think, January uh, 23rd or 24th. And so what happens is you get scored for the New York Times bestseller list based on your first week's sales. And so if I get a ton of people who are pre-ordering the book, 
it boosts the sales for that first week. But more importantly, we're going to do something special for anyone who pre-orders. So hmm, how about that? It's going to be a very special event-driven kind of thing. And it's not going to be live, so you don't have to travel to New York. Anyway, we have so much stuff. It is on our website. We are so, so grateful for everything you guys do and how you help us. And we really do appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please try to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.